Welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hello, I am so pumped for today's episode because today we're chatting with one of my favorite people who I met in the business mastermind that I'm a part of. Her name is Felicia Romero and she is so amazing. She went to Arizona State where she played softball. She has a master's degree in exercise and wellness from the university. She's an eight-time fitness cover model, including Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Hers and Flex Magazine. She um, opened up her first gym at 22 years old, which is incredible. The things I was doing at 22 were not anything that would allow me to open up a gym. Um, Over the years, she built and ran her gyms until uh, two years ago when she sold Fit Method to create more time freedom in her life and built her online business, which is thriving. And she's helping people all over the nation. She has had stints on reality TV, local and national TV, and with her most recent reality TV experience on Fit to Fat to Fit that aired on Lifetime time where she had to gain and lose weight for her sister who lost over 80 pounds in the process. And she's also a regular on Fox 10 News, Arizona Family, CBS, and NBC. She's all over amazing. Um, now she has created a virtual wellness company that helps women virtually all around the country, as well as the host of her own podcast, Diet Dropout, which I had the privilege of being on a couple months ago. It's an amazing podcast. Definitely go check it out. Um, all this will be in the show notes, of course. And yeah, she's also coming out the supplement line, which we're going to talk about. But Felicia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Yes, absolutely. As I'm holding my rose quartz crystal, feeling all the love today, sending you a ton of love as well. Yay. I love it. I'm super excited. So I just gave obviously like a little surface level background about you, but give us a little background of how you got involved in the fitness industry and you know, what, how it has changed your life from when you got started to where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to, you know, summarize it and I'll give like a little, uh, tidbit of, of kind of like why I started and, um, kind of go from there. And so, so it doesn't turn out to like a, a it dirt doesn't turn into like a Joe Rogan interview or something yeah. like that <laughs> forever with that. Um, but yeah, like it's crazy because I was at a crossroads in my life in my early twenties, I was going to Arizona state and I actually have my bachelor's, my undergrad in political science. Um, I was going to study law. Like I was going to go to law school. I was going to do all those things. And I actually played softball as well for Arizona state. And I just, I love the sport. I love playing sports. I love being active. Um, but I was kind of going down that route of law because my family, it was really, it was something that was planned for me. Like, Oh, this is what we're going to do. And and I didn't really even have a choice or a say. It was just like Mm. kind of predetermined, pre-planned. I was the first child being born. Right. So my mom just kind of, it's just kind of the family plan. Right. And I knew that that's not what I wanted to do. 
And I remember just getting this itch. And at the time I was dating someone who was a trainer, general manager at a gym. And he's like, Felicia, you love the body. You love sports and fitness. I think this would be a natural transition for you. So you can still go to college and make your schedule and do all that stuff. I'm like, you're so right. Okay. So I got certified. I started training people and I loved it. Um, that was around when I was 2021 20, and I was like, this is what I want to do. So I ended up getting my bachelor's, my undergrad in, um, from, uh, Arizona state. So the four-year degree, and then I took a year off. That's when I got certified and we opened up our first gym together. Um, then I went back to school and that's when I spent another couple of years getting my master's from Arizona state. Now, you know, I must say that for me, like, even when you're coming from the fitness background, yes, it's good to have the certifications and all the things. And, it wasn't absolutely necessary for me to get my master's, you know, but I just knew that education was a big part of my life. And I also wanted to make my mom happy and my family happy. And I was the first in my family to graduate with a degree. So that was something kind of a huge big deal for our family. Yeah. And so I knew that I wanted to do that. Um, but, you know, during that time is when I really uh, started honing in and, and I just found my passion. It was one of those crossroads in life where my purpose met my passion and I ran with it. And I didn't know where it was going to take me. So, you know, fast forward, I've been now, you know, over 15 years, 16 years in this industry. Um, and then what happened is a couple years in, after I started training people, I saw a sign at the gym for a local bodybuilding show. And I had no idea this was 2004. So, you know, figure, which is what I competed in was relatively new. So I don't know if you know anything about the competition world or if any of your clients know about the, or, uh, listeners know about it, but it really is, you know, think of it like a beauty pageant with muscle. Okay. Mm. So I would put on stage and I would wear like a two piece or a one piece bikini. And I was judged based on my physique and my aesthetics. Mm. Um, it came natural to me because I was very like goal oriented and I loved like getting ready for things. And I played sports my whole life. Um, but, and I was just kind of thrown into the mix because I started doing very well, very quickly. So mm. I turned pro. So when I say pro think like Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the IFBB, like, you know, Olympia competitions, that's what I competed in. And, um, I just, I had no idea what I was getting myself into well, first at, at first. It was a lot of fun. And then just imagine nine or 10 years of being judged on your body and wow. your physique and like always working and never feeling good enough. Oh. And a lot was, you know, we can, we can unpack that during this interview today, but a lot was, a lot happened through that time, um, especially with my self-worth, with my eating habits, with uh, body dysmorphia, my health, a lot of things happened, but I, I don't regret any of that. It's maybe who I am, but you know, nine years, 10 years of competing, six years on an Olympia stage, and at one point placing top four in the world um, wow. from eight magazine covers to always having to feel on, mm. for always having to feel like I need to look a certain way all the time because people only know me by this physical look. And it wasn't until later on, and, and as I was approaching my 30s, and I'm 38 now, so it wasn't truly until like my mid 30s or, or early to mid 30s is when I truly started allowing my voice to be heard and not just being judged by my body. And so, um, so yeah, so through that time, I know there's, a, there's a lot of different angles with my story from the college days to my gyms. Uh, by the time I sold my last gym in 2017, I had three 
Um, and I just, I, I just, I didn't know where fitness was going to take me, but I followed my passion and my heart and it's crazy. I know we have the, you know, with the same mentor, Jen Kennedy, and mm-hmm. she mentioned something within our talks is like, leave room for magic. Right. And yes. that's really been my life. It's like one thing led to the next, but like, man, it opened up so many doors for this other thing. And then opened up doors to be on a national cover of a magazine, like oxygen magazine from, and then to like get casted into reality shows. Right. So I didn't have that, any of that plan, right. for my life. but it just, you know, it happened because I decided to take action on a certain thing, which led to other things. So, so yeah, in a nutshell, that is, that has been the last 10 to 15 years of my life. Wow. That's, I mean, there's so many things we're going to unpack. That's so incredible. Like so many accomplishments in so many different areas. And also I love how you were saying like, you know, I felt like I had to be on all the time. And I feel like a lot of women now, or I know just from having clients that even women who are not like on stage getting judged, they still have a poor relationship with food and with their body just from the rise in social media and Mm -hmm. seeing everyone's perfectly curated content that's filtered and you could, someone could totally not look like the way they look. And this is what you're seeing when you're at home, like in your sweats, feeling like you look horrible and this is what you're looking at all the time. So I can't even imagine being judged for the way you look. So how did you navigate that? And like, you know, how long did it take you to really be like, oh my gosh, like this is something that's really like taking a toll on my mental health now? Mm, Yeah. I remember pivotal moments where I knew that it was taking a toll on my mental health. And and first and foremost, it was like the extreme amounts and bouts of like depression and anxiety that I would feel. I developed some major, major social anxiety to the point to where if I had gained weight, I could not go out in public. Like I did not want anyone to see me or I would like hack on the layers of clothes. Um, and, and I just had a hard time with that. And it truly wasn't until I got out of that realm and that like uh, lifestyle of the extreme and the bodybuilding. Also, I had to make some drastic shifts in my life. I sold a business. I moved out of my home. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that if you are not happy where you're at, you, you, you make a change. And I 100%. made some changes in order to heal from selling of a business to, um, you know, moving out of a home that I didn't feel great, or I just felt like I needed to start over to moving even cities, you know, uh, not far, but like into the next city and just, uh, you know, surrounding myself around people who didn't necessarily, um, live in that, in that field of like constantly judging our bodies or physiques. You know what I mean? I was, I was living that every day, all of my friends or the gym that I owned, we were always talking about what we were eating, how we were looking. And it was always the same kind of conversations like, Mm. Oh, you know, not looking perfect enough or I need to get leaner or, Oh my gosh, am I going to be ready for my competition? Or this is wrong with me. And that was wrong with me and never really focusing on all the positive things in uh, with our bodies and with ourselves. And honestly, that left me broken. And so it wasn't until, you know, after my last competition, which was 2012, I had put on about 45 pounds in about two to three, two and a half, three months. And it was because I was a binge eater. Now, I don't know if you have any, if you've ever had any experience with binge eating or have had clients that were binge eaters, but, and I didn't, you know, get necessarily go to the doctor and get diagnosed like, you know, binge eater uh, disorder or anything like that. But it took over my life. It was so severe because uh, I had such a poor relationship with food that I couldn't just 
Like I was so consumed by it, meaning all I wanted to do was think about the foods that I wanted to eat while I was doing extreme things like, oh, I got to eat this because I need to get lean again. I need to get lean again. If I can just lose this weight, everything will be good. And right. It's those same stories we tell ourselves when I get, when I lose the weight, I'll be happy. When I get the house, I'll be happy. And a big pivotal, another pivotal moment for me was truly, and I remember talking about it with my counselor because I was seeing a counselor at the time. She says, Felicia, you've been on a a national, international stage and you've placed top four in the world by your physique and you weren't happy. Mm. And right now you're 50 pounds heavier than you were at that point, which is pretty drastic on my frame of five, three, and you're not happy. Like, isn't that, doesn't that tell you something? Isn't that, isn't that a sign that it's not about the external that is going to make us happy. Like there's, it has to truly come from within. And that is honestly the moment. And and I remember these pivotal moments and it's like, that's when I knew it has to come from within. And I had to give up the the idea that I would ever look a certain way again and just focus on my mental health. Because at that point I was pretty miserable and slowly, but surely Corinne, like things just started to get better I started to feel better when I wasn't like constantly. And I allowed myself just to eat what I wanted, work out when I wanted and working out didn't necessarily mean in a gym. Sometimes it was out for a walk or, or sometimes it was just not doing anything at all and resting. And so really honoring myself with that and understanding and truly going through that to come out on the other side, really like, I, I don't want to say normal because whatever, whatever foundation <laughs> normal is, who knows, yeah. but to get back to like my normal self and my body is just feels normal. Like, I don't feel like I have all this extra, this block, these blocks on me. And I don't feel like I have this extreme water retention or inflammation. My mental health is so much better. Like I wake up not dreading my day and, um, wow. you know, and it was all because I stopped focusing on my body. And I mm. focus more on things that truly brought me joy. And so, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. That is that line that your therapist said to you about how like, you're still not happy, even though you got this result. So mm-hmm. why do we think that there's another outward result that we're going to get? That's going to then make us happy. And that could be applied to anything, your physical body, where you're at in your job, like literally anything in your life. Mm-hmm. So that is huge. And I feel like so many women are looking for the next thing to do, the next diet, the next workout, the next thing to get them that result that they want rather than looking inward because it sounds so simple to be like, okay, just focus on what actually makes you happy and stop focusing on your body. And it sounds counterintuitive because it's like, well, how am I going to improve my, you know, the state of my body if I stop focusing on it? So how did you really like change from that mindset of, you know, the extreme, right? Like the extreme diet and how that's not always the best. And even, you know, tapping into your, the hormone side of it and just like how being so extreme, not only is it not good for you, you know, physically, but on a mental level. And how did you shift from that to really being able to, obviously it wasn't overnight, but what are some things you did to just shift out of that into a state of, you know, honoring your body, loving your body without having to, you know, deprive it or beat down on it? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it really truly is learning the intuitive eating principles. You know, I also want to mention, you know, that there may be women on here that don't necessarily have any of those thoughts and maybe do truly like love where they're at, but they do have body goals. And so, you know, body goals are great. That's totally yeah. body goals. We just have to 
enjoy the process and the journey. But if you are, you know, some of the tallest tall signs, if you're feeling guilty after you miss a workout or don't work out, then that there's something to be said. Or if you have a cookie and mm-hmm. you feel guilty and shameful for that cookie and have to punish yourself and work out, then there's some problems there, right? Yes. And that's what we want to be mindful of. So no matter what you're going through, whether you do have body goals or don't, you still, you, you have to monitor those thought, that thought process and what's going on um, with the way that you feel about yourself and the way that the method that you're using to get there. Um, but the switch for me, to be honest, was really number one, adopting the intuitive eating principles. Okay. Like, you know, honoring your hunger, respecting your fullness, like really like tapping into that mindfulness. And I know mindfulness is thrown around a lot lately, but it, it there is something to it. It's yes. slowing down and really understanding how food makes us feel. And what I learned from that is, um, and I also did some exposure therapy. So exposing myself to foods that I would deem as wrong or bad, right? Mm -hmm. And because part of the intuitive eating principle is like not attaching any sort of moral code to food. Um, So that was my thing is like, I would say, well, I can't have this because this is quote unquote bad for me when actually, right? So what exposure therapy does and if uh, any sort of like eating disorders centers things like that do practice some sort of like exposure therapy to people who maybe had anorexia or bulimia or all of those things and so for me it was like buying those things the cookies or whatever I told myself I couldn't have or the things I used to binge on Mm -hmm. having them in the house and truly making peace with them and Mm -hmm. also knowing that if I have some and I I'm mindful I'm not going to die from it right everything should be okay And the more that I practice that, and when you truly unlift the restrictive mentality, you'll also realize that that cookie or that that brownie or uh, ice cream no longer is sitting on a pedestal. And it doesn't necessarily mean that much to me anymore. It's doesn't the novelty, the power is taken away and I can just live with it. It can be in the house and it's not in the back of my head. I'm not thinking all I want to do is eat that. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait till the end of the day. And I can binge. Those were my thoughts before my thoughts Mm -hmm. now is like, Hey, it's there. If I choose to have it awesome. If I don't, I can literally have a dozen cookies in the kitchen, which sugar cookie is my favorite cookie. (laughs) It can literally survive on the, in the kitchen for its normal amount that it should survive. Like, let's say I have a dozen cookies. They should, you know, probably be able to like survive there for a couple of weeks yeah. and not a day because I would binge on the whole dozen. Now mm-hmm. I'm able to do that. Sometimes foods go bad. Like the, those sorts of foods go bad and I have to throw them away. Cause I'm like, they don't interest me anymore. You know? Yeah. So it was this realization that happened with time, but you have to expose yourself to these things, but you also have to make peace with those foods. And you also have to stop attaching any sort of moral code to that food and, 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 and not look at it as good or bad, but more like, how does this make me feel? And what I noticed, Corinne, with time is I actually gravitate towards foods that make me feel good. Yes. I'm not eating, eating donuts all day. And my thought process is I'm not doing that because I don't, it's because I'm like, oh, I don't want to gain weight. That's not my, my thought process. I'm doing that because, oh, I, I need to be productive today. That might make me feel a little tired, my brain foggy. I'm going to save that for another day. That yes. is my thought process now versus, oh, I can't do that because it's going to cause me to gain weight. Like that doesn't even cross my mind anymore. Um, but I will be completely honest. I think living that for so long, there is still some things that, that pop in where I have to question myself. Like, oh, is this because I truly want to feel good or is this a diet culture mentality? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a, I, I spoke to a, a diet culture therapist um, 
uh, eating disorder therapist, Jennifer Rollins, who's on my podcast. And she was, you know, I, I asked her this specific question, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes I'll go out to eat. And, you know, sometimes I think like, oh, I've, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, complex carbs today. So with dinner, if we go to In-N-Out, I just won't get the bun and I'll have the French, like I'll have that discussion with myself. Yeah. And then I, I truly want to know, like, is it because I do value my health because I am anti, I, you know, diet culture, but I am pro health because yes. I do health and being healthy. So I, that's the one thing I do battle myself with is like, okay, is this diet culture or is this because I'm pro health? And so that's the conversation sometimes that I have with my own self in terms of just things like that. Like, oh, well, I've had these carbs today. Maybe I'll just we'll skip the bun tonight because of this, this, and this. And so um, that's something that I'm still kind of navigating for myself. Yeah, I think that's so common and so normal because of what we constantly are seeing and hearing everywhere. So it's like, I think we all have that conversation and it's just, like you said, being mindful of it and slowing down enough to actually ask yourself, like, why am I making this decision? And we're in such a culture of all or nothing where it's like, okay, say you said like binging on the cookies. It's like, okay, well I had one, so I might as well just finish them all. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking like, oh, I'll just have one and then I can have another one at another time. And the, the attachment to it, like you're saying, which is something I've been working on most recently is like, instead of doing things for the outward appearance of working out to look good, eating healthy to look good. It's like, what do I need to do to actually feel good every single day? Because especially as like a new business owner and all of this, like my energy and how I feel is everything. And that's with anybody, whether you're a business owner or not, but I've just noticed it so much more now because it takes a lot of just motivation to be your own boss in general. And if I don't feel good, it's not happening. So like oh, changing that conversation is so huge. And I, mm-hmm. it's not something that happens overnight. Like this isn't something where you're just like, okay, I'm waking up and now every decision I make is just to feel good. But it's something that I would invite all the listeners to just start having that conversation, like you said, in your head. Am I doing this workout that I know is actually going to really deplete me just because I want to look good? Or can I just do a different type of movement that's going to actually make me feel good in my body? Yeah, absolutely. And I think something to note to your listeners who are maybe have struggled with this, maybe struggle, maybe not necessarily as extreme as binge eating, but like overeating is to remind yourself that, you know, and we'll use the example of the cookie, the dozen cookies. I have to often remind myself, you know, when I was healing is like the cookies are always going to be there and we're all adults. We can make these decisions. Like I don't need to finish this all in one sitting because guess what? I get to have one tomorrow. I think that mindset comes in of like the all or nothing is because most, most, you know, people, and I'm just going to say women, especially because that's, you know, who you work with, how, who I work with, Mm -hmm. um, have this all or nothing mentality, like you mentioned. And like I mentioned, and it's like, if they have the cookie, they tell themselves, well, you know what? I better just finish this right now because I'm going to start again tomorrow and just fall in. And this is why America has such a obesity problem because we jump on diets and we come off diets and we Mm -hmm. jump on diets and come off diets and people just keep gaining weight because we have these poor relations with food. Instead of just reminding ourselves like, the food's always going to be there. Like I need to like completely stuff myself and have, you know, two or three servings right now because 
I can eat more tomorrow if I want to and the next day, right? In moderation. So just reminding yourself of that. But that was something that really helped me in my healing is like whenever I was going to go back for that extra cookie. Now, if I needed it and I, I wanted it, I would have it. No shame, no shame, no, no guilt. I just had to work through that on my own. But I also was aware that like I could, I could ask myself those questions. Yeah. It's going to be there tomorrow. And it's going to be there the next day. If you continue to want to have those, have them. But tomorrow's a new day and you can have, a, you can have another. Where you're an adult. You can make these decisions, right? And so those are the kind of conversations I had to have with myself. And I no longer have those conversations with myself because I've, I'm, I'm out of the woods with that. Mm-hmm. But there was a good you know, year and a half where I was working through that um, with my therapist, with myself, and with you know, just my, my self-awareness. Yeah. And we're in such a like, um, immediate results, like society also where everything's Amazon prime to us. We get things so quickly and Mm -hmm. we just want that quick fix. Like what's going to help me move through this quicker. And Mm -hmm. the unsexy answer is that it's going to take time. And it, it, you know, it depends on every person and how, you know, severe or whatever your situation is, but it's going to take time. And that's the work. That's the work that needs to be done. And, you know, the emotional side of it too, with binging is like, what are you trying to fill? Is there like um, an emotional gap there where you're missing some type of fulfillment in some area of your life that you think the food is going to replace? So there's always an emotional side of things too, that we just think like, oh, I'm just, I'm disgusting or I just binge eat because I'm gross. It's like, well, there's probably an emotional side of it that we have to take into account because it's not just all nutrition and movement. Emotions play into everything. And that's a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And it's, it's a, could be a sign of basically trying to find a way to self-soothe. So, you know, when we are searching for that food to make us feel a certain way, we are looking for things to help us, to help soothe us like a self-soothe, you know, sometimes that quick hit of like an addiction of let's say shopping, right? It's like, oh, I gotta, you know, like it feels good to like buy the thing and it like self-soothes us or the addiction to like grab something and smoke or maybe the addiction of like grabbing your phone and playing a video game, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Like these forms of self-soothing. And so it's finding other ways to self-soothe with habits that really benefit us and, and help us. Again, it's a practice for sure. And that's why I'm so big on like habits and setting um, non-negotiables in our life, uh, things that are going to help move the needle in our life that are so small, but can make such a big impact over time. Um, and I do that with like habit setting or, um, you know, just basically, or like habit stacking certain things. And that's how I've been able to you know, heal with that. But also in terms of like, even my exercise, like I, I took a break from the gym for a long time because I had a resentment towards the gym because I felt like, oh, well, I was big and I was bulky and I just felt like bad about my body. And I felt like the weights did that to me. Right. When in actuality, Mm -hmm. my extreme behavior did that to me. And after all, when I was 50 pounds heavier, I was so inflamed. I had so much water and inflammation and body fat and just weight that it was just on top of this beautiful muscle that I had built. And I love muscle now. And mm-hmm. I had to find my appreciation for just movement again, an appreciation for strength and feeling strong. And so that took a lot of time, you know, but um, I had to create that habit loop again in my life to like incorporate exercise because I'd been out of it for so long and I was able to fit it back in and it feels amazing. And now it's part of my habits, you know, it's like, 
I do my morning gratitude. I wake up, I jump on my bike, I get some movement in, and it's just part of my routine, which is another reason why I feel like a lot of people might maybe, maybe quote unquote fail or give up on their diet is because they haven't turned it into a habit. They only see it as this thing of like a start and a stop Mm -hmm. versus a lifestyle and habit doesn't need to be extreme. Something that I heard uh, Lori Harder mention, which I listened to her podcast, she's amazing, motivational, very love her. Yeah, she mentions that, you know, the plan doesn't need to be extreme, but your commitment does. Yes. That really hit me. As someone who is like, I need to have everything figured out, all the things (laughs) need to be planned, like, I need to know that this is good. Like, the plan doesn't have to be extreme, it's just being committed to your goals needs to be right. And yes. that commitment, that's why I say our, like our commitments to ourselves are non-negotiables. I feel like every woman should have at least two or three non-negotiables. And those could be as easy as like, maybe every day, you know, that you're going to send a text to a loved one telling them that you love them as a non-negotiable. Maybe mm. non-negotiable is, you know, you're going to go on a daily walk with nature, you know, maybe a non-negotiable is, you know, that you're going to, uh, you know, have two servings of veggies a day. Cause you know, veggies, you know, is something that you want to incorporate in your life, you know, it makes you feel good. Um, those can be really anything, but it can be so small, but so powerful. Yes. I love that quote from Lori Harder. And it's so true. I think everyone has it backwards. Most people are doing an extreme goal, right? Or it's like, I can't have this. I can't have this. I have to work out seven days a week. But then the commitment, like you said, isn't strong because how could it be when you're doing stuff that's so extreme? So mm-hmm. let's ta- let's dive into that a little bit, like how doing extreme diets and extreme, um, yeah, diet culture, that's what it is. Because when you create a lifestyle out of it, well, people could create an extreme lifestyle too. So either way, how that really like doing the low calorie and working out more, how that really affects your system and your stress and how it could affect, I know you've had a previous history with health issues that have come up. So how has that really played a role into your whole lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. So I was extreme for many years. So think of like, and again, you don't have to compete to live an extreme lifestyle. I know many mm-hmm. women who never competed. A lot of the clients I've worked with who never competed, but still um, are in that, that world of diet because, well, they compare themselves to other women on the internet. Mm-hmm. And also too, we compare ourselves to our past self. So we often look back and say, oh, I was 110 pounds in high school. Like, I just want to be back to that. And it's like, hello, our bodies change in time. (laughs) Our bones grow, like our body grows. Like it's, yes, like, could you get down to that? But man, you are sacrificing so much to get to that place. And I no longer want to be, you know, like, sacrifice that in my life. But yeah. to, to, to mention, you know, to answer your question, the extreme lifestyle. So that all in or all out mentality for most people. And I hear this so much. It's like, when you're all in, you are in, and when you're all out, you're really all out and there's really no middle ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I often think about balance and I think balance is, I don't want to say it's a myth, but I think balance is truly making a choice and being okay with that choice, not beating yourself up for weeks or days or months or whatever that is. It's truly like being okay with your decisions yeah. and knowing that we all have personal responsibility in our life. And so the extreme lifestyle came for me because I was always chasing this goal. Like it was never good enough. And, and if I, and if I wasn't perfect, 
that was going to have huge implications on my body and my mind. And so in order to like get out of that, and the reason, you know, when you live in that place of all these things thrown at you in society and diet culture, well, don't eat the carbs and don't do this. And there's just so much information. And oftentimes too, when, when women or men jump on a new diet plan, we, we feel like we have to do all the things we have to cut all the carbs or, you know, calories extra low. And we have to work out every day in order yeah. to get a because we all want this quick fix. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we have to just slow it down. And I don't know about you, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you do this with, with your clients and you know with what we do on, what you do on this podcast, but it's really just implementing small daily things. And you totally. talk about breaking it down each day, not thinking about what you have to do for the next 60 days or 30 days. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do today? Like, what's one or two things that I can do today that's going to move the needle in my fitness? And that's all we can really do, you know? Yeah. So if stop the, the, the diet, the yo-yo dieting and the up and down and the on the diet, off the diet. Don't ever really get off, just stay on and keep working towards those goals and truly treat it like a lifestyle. And exactly. uh, it's easier said than done, as you know, but it really <laughs> just, it's that mindset and it's the constant work on ourselves. Yes. And the constant mindset work. We're always working on other things like, oh, I'll just work out more. It's like, no, work on your mindset more because this low calorie, this over-exercising really is problematic to our hormone health. Mm-hmm. It puts such a stress on the body that yeah. really burns you out. I know you've had experience with burnout and how this caused thyroid problems. Yeah, I definitely want to get into thyroid, but just to bring it back to that, like even with your journey with uh, being vegan, mm-hmm. you probably didn't just all one day just cut everything out and you're no. vegan. No. Like it was probably a process. Yes. If you would have done that. If you would have just been like, okay, I'm done with all the dairy and the meat and I'm completely going all vegan and boom, I'm a vegan now. Like that would have, you probably would have backtracked and you probably- 100%. Would. It had to be a like slow transition for you to now be vegan. Whereas that's the same thing with just health and fitness. Mm -hmm. Don't look at it as just like, I'm going all in and I'm this person now. It's like, it's a process that you implement each and every day that will get you closer to the goals. And so, you know, and it's like one or two things every single day that you're going to implement. And so um, I just wanted to mention that because that popped in my head because I know for you that probably wasn't boom, I'm a vegan, right? No, it was, I mean, I was vegetarian for two years and then I started becoming vegan and cutting things out and that took months and months. And that's why I always, uh, I promote eating mostly plants, but I'll never say like, you have to be vegan. That's just a choice I now make because I do feel so much better eating this way. But that doesn't mean to say like, you know, I won't have eggs again one day in my life or whatever it is, but it's just, especially if you do it extreme like that, like right away, it's a shock on your body. That's probably not going to be beneficial for you. So, and I, it's like, if I did that, it's like, what would I even eat? I wouldn't even know at that point. Like I'm so used to eating all this. What the hell would I eat? It's a process that happens over time. And that doesn't mean that you have to just do anything right away. Like, because that's not sustainable. The whole thing is that we want it to be sustainable to get out of this on track, off track, on a diet, off a diet. It's like, let's just do something that's actually sustainable to you because that's what's going to give you long-term benefits. Even if you have a cookie here and there, that doesn't mean you're off track. That just means you're having a cookie. For sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so true. Um, yeah. And then to come back to the thought process towards like the hypothyroidism yes. and, the and the hormones, you know, I 
I damn it. Like I take full responsibility that I did that to myself. Like mm. I caused hypothyroidism. And, you know, for those lists, for those listening, you know, um, I feel like, I feel like autoimmune disorders have really like amplified in the last 20, 25 years. From, totally. Even less than that. I feel yeah, from the foods we eat from obviously all the plastics and the pesticides and the, all the things like you can really break it down and it can feel really overwhelming to just think about all the things out there. But what I did to myself and, you know, with the extreme diet, when I, when you're too low for too long, you're going to exhaust not only your adrenals, but your body's going to start, stop producing TSH, which is a thyroid stimulating hormone. And my body was basically, and I lost my period. And I remember just feeling so bad. So your body literally shutting down. So it's like in starvation mode. So you lose your period first because the body's like, Hey, you're not good to make a baby. Like a baby can't live in this environment. So we're just going to stop you from ovulating. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're not getting all this feeling. Your body's literally shutting down from the inside. So we're going to stop making these certain hormones and it really truly starts to shut down. Um, first it was my thyroid. Um, thyroid, you know, your endocrine system, which is, you know, associated with so much in your body from nails, hair, skin. I had, I looked in my twenties, I looked like I was 50. Like I had the growth hormone of like a 50 year old. Wow. I would remember because I, I, my face, like I, I feel like I look so much younger in my thirties than I did in my twenties. Mm. And that, you know, I, I suffered from that for about seven years. I was on thyroid medication. I was on metformin. I mm. had, um, also some, like PCOS symptoms. I don't know if it was like full PCOS, but I had the symptoms of it. I think because I just had wacky hormones that were just completely wacky. I had low progesterone, high, high estrogen. Like I was a mess and it took many years to heal that. But it first started with, it started with my mind, to be honest. It started with the being proactive about my health and taking steps forward to to start controlling the things that I could. And, And one of them was, to not um, worry so much about the food, you know, not worry so much about the restriction because that's what got me there. And it's, it was a step. First, it was that. Then it was like, okay, let me work on this now. Okay, let me just work on this now. And slowly but surely from 2013 to 2015, I came off thyroid medication. My hormones started to balance out. Over that two-year period, I lost and shed about 40 pounds um, and not necessarily trying, but it just, mm-hmm. the body just released. Cause it was inflammation yeah. probably inflammation, water, all the things. And so my weight, my weight, uh, uh, just started to release. And in 2015, I felt like I was back to the old Felicia, like before mm. I had started competing and it felt good. It felt good to take my power back in my life because we all have the power to create our own life, whether in business or, or in health or just in how we feel. And, and so, yeah, that was, um, a good, like two year period of healing. And through that time, I was doing a lot of personal development. I had opened up my third gym, gym at that time. And I just, you know, and also too, that's another thing that really helped me Corinne. And you can maybe appreciate this, but <laughs> I think another thing that really helped me heal, like my body dysmorphia, but like being so focused on my body was like, having a goal that had nothing to do with the body. And that Mm. was business. I drove all in into my third gym that actually opened in 2015. So in 2014 was fully spent on the build out on, you know, branding and the studio and all the things. And so 
I didn't have time to worry about, oh, oh my gosh, these calories, are they going to like, it was like completely don't, I don't even care anymore because yeah. I'm so up in this passion project of mine that I, that I love and I'm excited about that. I just, all of that other stuff was just not important anymore. Right. Why mm-hmm. miss out on life? Because I was so worried about this calorie or the way that I looked or the weight on the scale, like truly, cause that's what I was doing. I was missing out on life because of all of those things. So yes. um, that was another thing that really helped me heal my body. And a lot of the things that were going on was like diving into and fully engaged in like, uh, my business. So, oh my yeah, God. I love that. That's so, oh my gosh, I could talk to you literally all day, <laughs> but like mindset, it's huge. I, I, that's why I always say that's like the number one place where you have to start, because if you are just starting with, you know, eating a different way or moving your body in a different way, but you don't have the mindset that's going to sustain that it does not matter. Like changing your thoughts, changing your beliefs, that's the real work. Like that's where the real work is because that's, what's going to completely change your entire life. Not just your body, but every single aspect of your life. For sure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It is so powerful. Your mind is so, so powerful. It's insane. I was listening to this podcast recently. Oh my gosh. What was it? I feel like it was Joe Rogan. He had a doctor on, but I'm not sure. Um, and they were talking about this study that was done, you know, with basically like no nocebo or placebo, but I think there's a new terminology called nocebo. Yes. They had these people who, you know, um, basically they were given the nocebo and, he had taken these pills and he, you know, worried that he had taken too many. And he started to like freak out. He went to the hospital. His heart rate was elevated. He was sweating. He literally thought he was going to die because he had overdosed. And they called the doctor and the doctor came in. He's like, actually, you know, you were part of the nocebo group. Like these pills are like sugar pills. And all of a sudden his heart rate started dropping. Like everything was like, but it's like the mind like influx and like this feeling of like what was going to happen and and he didn't even take anything right so it's so powerful so and I'm sure it's secret and all those things but it's like it's truly truly powerful yeah I really believe if you are constantly focusing on oh my thighs are so big my thighs are so big you're telling your brain that and that is connected to everything so it's going that's going to happen like it's Mm -hmm. all vibrational it's all energy so oh my god that is so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy, but yeah, I feel like, you know, even with this mastermind that you, you and I are both in, I have even felt like a, like a vibrational shift within me. It's the totally. first time I've ever invested in myself in a mastermind. I've invested in mentors before like programs and such, but my first time really entering a mastermind and, you know, I, I have even felt this vibrational shift in the last, you know, five months from, from it. And it's been so Absolutely. amazing. And knowing that all of the sisters are also going through similar things. We can all share our stories. It's so, so powerful. So yeah. it's so incredible. I'm obsessed. So, and I love you. So before we let you go, tell us about your, of course, you're going to tell us how everyone can work with you. But first I want you to talk about your supplement line. Cause I know that's coming out and you've been working so hard on it and it, it's so pretty. I'm so excited for you. I, I keep getting denied on my labels. We have to keep reviving oh, them. So it's been like, they're so awesome. I had like, well, like little like FDA regulated type stuff from like asterisks here and the claims here and all these things. So it's, 
it's uh, I've, if they've gotten sent back like four or five times. So I'm still oh, working. My gosh. So hopefully by um, hopefully by like the end of June, early July, if not for sure, July, August, but so excited. So I've been working on this idea for the last six months. I knew that I wanted to add a e-commerce side to my business, a product side to my business. And I didn't necessarily want to promote someone else's product, um, which I could have, you know, there's a lot of affiliate type stuff out there, or MLMs and things like that. But I knew I really had this passion mainly because my journey of healing was so personal to me and so mm-hmm. intimate to me that um, the way that I created these supplements were really based on my past experiences with like gut health and stress. And um, so the, I only created three products for now, hopefully more in the future. Um, but I created a probiotic um, and then I did a stress relief formula, um, which is basically like ashwagandha, all the vitamin Bs, L-theanine, GABA, like all the things that really help with stress. And then I did an all natural BCA, uh, branch chain amino acids. And um, because I feel like, for women, one of the things they don't get enough of obviously is protein and just having those branch chains and being able to use them within the workout, just because I've, I've found such a new love for uh, lifting weights and feeling strong and branch chain amino acids are able to support that. So, um, so yeah, so those are oh the three God. supplements that I'm coming out with. All of the supplements have a tagline and have some sort of like intuitive saying there, um, like for the good energy, which is the BCA, it's called good energy. And it's, uh, you know, where your attention goes, energy flows. Ooh, um, I love that. And then for the anxiety supplement or the, the stress relief supplement, it says, uh, dear anxiety, let's break up. And, um, <laughs> so cool. and then the trust your gut uh, supplement, which is the probiotic, which is basically, you know, uh, trust your gut, which is, you know, basically your intuition telling you so. So, or no, I told you so, tr- uh, love your intuition. So everything I created was so intentional with this brand from even the name, the name is Luna true nutrition and Luna, uh, you know, is basically symbolic of the moon and feminine energy and really trusting ourselves. And, you know, everything around this brand is about empowerment and intuition and being proactive about your health and just not just that, but just in everything you do in life. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get them. You are so incredible. I've learned so much from you just being in this mastermind together. You are such an inspiration. You you're so amazing in every area. I just am so excited for you for the supplement line and for all that's to come and just being around you and learning from you is like so invaluable. It's amazing. Um, so aside from that, which of course we'll put information in the show notes and I know you have a wait list, right? For people who are interested in the supplements. Yeah. yeah. I hopped on it. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yeah. You can go to the, um, basically you can go to the Instagram. I haven't posted anything yet. I'll I'll probably start here in a couple of weeks, but Luna true nutrition. That's T R U E true. Um, and you can just, there's a link there in the bio where you can just get on the wait list and you're going to basically the people on the wait list and the email list are going to have access to, you know, pre like when it like pre giveaways and, um, you know, uh, special discounts for when the supplement comes out. So they're going to have access Amazing. before I actually release to the general public, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yay. Okay. Awesome. And then aside from that, how else can people find you work with you, all that yeah. good stuff? Yeah, I'm so accessible, like on all social <laughs> media platforms. So Instagram at Felicia Romero, my website, FeliciaRomero.com. There's links there that you can contact me. Um, I'm really uh, pivoting out of the one-on-one fitness. I'm still going to have um, 
uh, services for people who want to have access to fitness. It's just going to be in different realms, but I am doing a lot more um, coaching and group coaching for online personal trainers who want to just like build their business and grow their fitness empires. So that's what I'm really uh, focusing on right now. Amazing. And she's also on TikTok, which she does such cool TikTok. Was that at Felicia Romero too? Felicia Romero. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll put all this in the show notes, of course. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with us. I love this conversation. Um, Anything else you want to leave the listener with? Oh, goodness. Um, Gosh, just enjoy the journey. Enjoy now. Don't live in the past because that'll make you depressed. Don't think much about the future, even though yes, goals are great, but that can give us anxiety. Just be present, be in the now, be present more Mm. and be intentional about being present more often. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm working right now. I love it. Thank you, Felicia. You're amazing. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.